DDJ here with a special announcement. Starting on Tuesday, November 24th at noon central time, Pro Wrestling Tees, the place where I get all of my awesome wrestling t-shirts, will be doing uh, their annual Black Friday sale. And this time it is going to last one full week. And here are some of the deals that they've got going on starting on Tuesday, November 24th. Any first day orders will get one pass wrestling collectible from a pro res from the pro wrestling crate. Uh, if you spend over $100, you get a free autographed 8x10. Uh, if you spend over $150, you get free domestic United States shipping. Uh, you get 40% off all barbershop window merch. 35% uh, off all uh, Pro Wrestling Tees logo merchandise. Uh, you get 30% off all New Japan merchandise. 25% off all AEW merchandise. And 20% off everything else in the store. Great deal. But wait, that's not all. On uh, Tuesday, November 24th, Wednesday, November 25th, and Friday, November 27th, if you happen to be in the Chicagoland area and stop by the Pro Wrestling Tea Store, everything that they have in store will be marked a whole 40% down. Again, 40% down. So guys, girls, all wrestling fans, it's a great time to get started on your uh, early Christmas shopping and uh, help support a great local business. Uh, we'll see Ryan and the guys at Pro Wrestling Tees, and they will be sure to hook you up with some great deals. This is P.L. Myers, a shot to the top, Pro Wrestling's manager extraordinaire. This is Steve Michaels, the master of the Chicago Bear Hug. This is Tim Storm, former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. What's up, guys? This is Mr. 3% John Hudson. This is rock star Johnny Nye, and you're listening to What Do You Say with DDJ. And for those of you who don't tune in, be gone. Alrighty, and welcome to episode 17 of What Do You Say with DDJ. As always, I'm your host, DDJ. Uh, my guest tonight is C-Red. Um, had the chance to uh, talk a little bit with him at the October 3rd uh, CCW show. You can catch him and the rest of the superstars of CCW on Saturday Night Grapple Masters, which is on uh, Powered for. TV, I believe, and uh, it will soon be on Amazon Prime. So let's get right to it. Uh, this is my interview with C Red. All right. I, we are back uh, here. I'm back here uh, with another episode of What Do You Say with DDJ? And joining me this evening is C-Red. Mr. C-Red, how are you this evening? What's going on, DD? I'm good. And you? I'm doing pretty good, man. You know, got in, settled in for the night, you know, finished up work for the day and all that. So it's just time to relax and have a little fun doing some chit-chatting. Oh, uh, cool with me. And that's so. So let's get right into it, man. Uh, how did you uh, discover pro wrestling? Oh, so that story. 
<laughs> so uh, I've been a fan of pro wrestling age of five, six. Um, my parents live down, they did live down south in uh, Mississippi near, in the Delta. So, um, you know, wrestling, I knew nothing about wrestling in Chicago, you know, just that was based off of my father was a pro boxer, a professional. Oh, wow. Boxer. So he hated wrestling. So like that was something forbidden in the house. <clears throat> so I could never see it until I would go on vacation with my parents at my grandparents' house on their farm. So it would only come on Saturdays. And the funny part is my grandmother would ban you from the house, like get out the house, sit outside, you know? And it was like, but I wanna watch wrestling. So I would have to sneak and watch <laughs> it, you know? Mm-hmm. So there it would come on like 12 o'clock, you know, in the afternoon on a Saturday. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, she's in the kitchen, you know, getting ready to cook dinner and prepare or prepare lunch. And I'm turning the volume down and, you know. <laughs> so uh, I first fell in love with Mid-South and uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling, World Class uh, was my favorite. Um, but that's how I, I, I fell in love with it, you know, because to me, you know, I as a five, six-year-old kid, you just see guys in their underwear. Like, what <laughs> are they doing? Why do they just have their drawers on? You know, what mm-hmm. are, why is he hitting him? You know, so all the, all of the things that we take for granted now, you know, the storytelling, you know, yep. that is what captivated me, you know, and you think about it. Syndication didn't come along until the 80s. Right. You know, so there was this gap where I would only get to see wrestling once a year. You know. Wow. So that, you know, that was the big thing for me. You know, I loved my grandparents, but for me, it was like if I was going down there, I got to see wrestling. You know, so it was like, yes, nice. wrestling. Yes. So, so like, okay, so you, you talk about basically only getting a chance to see it like once a year and that kind of thing. How did you keep up with it, uh, with the dirt, like when you weren't, weren't able to watch? Did you like read the magazines or was it just, you just didn't see it and then? At that point, you figure again, I'm six, seven, eight, nine. Nah. I knew no mag. You got to understand, my parents, like, kept me in this bubble so it was like i didn't know there were magazines i did nothing it wasn't until um wwf became syndicated world class became syndicated nwa became syndicated when those companies 
became syndicated and we were able to get him here in Chicago, mm-hmm. that's when everything went full throttle. Wow. You know, so it was like, but before, so that, that time period of when I fell in love with wrestling and actually could see it on a regular basis, there's this huge gap again, where I only got to see it every once a year. And again, think about that impression it left on me that, you know, it made me, I have to wait till next year to see this. So, I mean, I'm sure, you know, like I had friends that had cable and stuff like that, you know, but my parents didn't believe, my parents just got cable, say, seven years ago. Wow. I grew up with cable, so. Not over here, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Not over here. So, so who are some of your early favorites when you first started watching? Oh my God. So, um. I was a big uh, Iceman King Parsons fan. Okay. Uh, only because he's a brother and he's got these two French braids. Yep. You know, he bought everywhere else, but two French braids with the beads on them. I'm, why? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, you don't look like anybody in my neighborhood. So I'm like, why? Um, Skandar Akbar, mm-hmm. I hate it. Like, as a kid, if you could hate somebody, I hated him. Especially when he threw a fireball on Iceman King Parsons. Um, missing Link, again, you know, uh, to know that this guy wrestled way before world class. You know, and he could honestly wrestle, but it wasn't until he took on the moniker and the gimmick of the missing link that, you know, it kind of stuck with me. Right. You know, um, Dick the Bruiser, uh, Dusty Rhodes. I was never a Flair fan until NWA in the form when the Horsemen were formed. Like, I, like, he was, like, I just didn't like him. Like, it was, like, nothing about him made me go. Uh, um, and believe it or not, Adrian Street. Yes, I know. That's that's the first time I think I've heard anyone give that for an answer uh, in terms of, like, who were some of their early favorites. Were. What was it about Adrian Street that you, that you really liked? Dude, just his – first of all, I thought his wife was hot. And I know <laughs> that's crazy coming – you know, you're talking about a nine-year-old kid, you know, but to see this woman and she's got this tight leather bustier on and a booze, you know, <laughs> and then I'm like, she's attractive and he looks like a freak, you know, and I'm trying, you know, again, your, your mind at that young age is trying to correlate. Why does she, why is she with him? Like, what is it, you know? And then when you got past the fact that you got past his 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 mascara and his face paint and his ponytails. Right. Dude can wrestle. Yeah. Like he can go. So it was like, so the more I watched him wrestle versus looking at 
his gimmick person. Right. You know, he impressed me a lot. So. So, um, so obviously you said you grew up in a house where wrestling was forbidden. Um, so what was the reaction of your parents? Like when you told them that you wanted to, you know, get into wrestling. <laughs> Have a happen, bro. I was just going to say for my fans listening to this on um, like Apple Never podcast happened. or whatever, he was shaking his head emphatically. No. So, so to, to go to that story, you have to, we have to tell another story. Please. So uh, I've never, well, I'm not going to say I've never hit it, but I've kind of, um, I kind of speak about it now more than ever. Um, I was a huge alcoholic and drug abuser, uh, marijuana for take. Um, after I came back from Desert Storm, um, well, thank now, you for your service, first off. Thank you. Um, I suffer from PTSD, and at that time, we we had no clue what it was and all this other stuff. Mm. <clears throat> so I just came home, and I self-medicated. Um, I had kids, and my life was going downhill fast. And... I still watch wrestling, which is crazy. Um, but like, I really cried out to God and like, you have to, there has to be something else besides what I'm doing. So my now ex-wife runs in the house, tells me there's some wrestlers at the bank. So Instantly in my head, I'm thinking Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, um, Undertaker. I'm, you know, I'm thinking big name stars are at the bank. We loaded up the kids. It's not even a, a 30 second drive, but we get there. And the bank was doing like, you know, like a little festival for the neighborhood or whatever. Right. And I get up, and these guys are as big as me. And, like, who are you guys? So, the owner introduces himself. It's Sam DeCero of Windy City Wrestling. Okay. Never heard of you. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, he's standing there with Mike Anthony, Steve Vos, Terry Allen, and Brandon Bishop. All of them are champions at that time. Who are you guys? Never heard of you guys. So um, he tells me to watch channel, at that time, I think they won channel 19 or 26 on Access TV on cable. Mm -hmm. I watched. I was impressed. But he gave me a brochure to join. And when I looked at the fee, I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> but I took it as a sign. Right. That that was the sign that I was asking for. Maybe this is what I need to do. I kind of put it on the back burner. So fast forward a few years later, uh, I'm with my new wife. Um, 
all my kids are over, all my girls. I only have daughters. And at that time, it was only four. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big thing. My thing is, whatever your dream is, go do it. So right. my daughter wanted to be a veterinarian or something. And I was like, well, baby, if that's what you want to do, do it. The other one wanted to be a dancer. If that's what you want to do, do it. Whatever y'all want to do, I support. And then it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. How can I tell my kids to follow their dreams? I never followed mine. Right. So a friend of mine kind of worked for the LWF, Lunatic Wrestling Federation here. Um, So we went to a show that Saturday. Um, and it was the infamous New Jack show. So, oh boy, um, hung out after the show with all the guys, kind of got the atmosphere, and I was like, "Yeah, I think I want to do this." Uh, went to one guy, but I wasn't sure where I wanted to train. So I went to one guy. It took me an hour and a half to get to training, and then he pulled out just some regular floor mats and I'm like where's the ring and no ring wow okay now the training was free but I didn't appreciate you know again I'm thinking I'm just getting ready to get in the ring and and get it on I didn't grasp what it took so scratched him off got back in my car drove two more hours just to get home I was really upset about that. A couple of days later, I go back to LWF to the bump factory. The problem, though, when I walk in, machine is training. And anybody that knows uh, LWF Chicago, uh, anywhere of Chicago, they know of machine. Yes, I've heard of him. I was horrified. The way he was beating this kid during practice, and they were the only two. And I mean, the LWF building was gorgeous. I mean, it was like a kid's dream come true. There's all kind of toys and figures all around the wall and posters. I was like, oh, I love this atmosphere, but if I got to get in there and train with him, no. <laughs> I don't think so. Finally, um, I looked at that brochure again. So I called Sam DeSero up. I schedule a tour. I go back. And he tells me, okay, this is the price, but you only have to put uh, 500 down. Now, that's not horrible. Right. But I'm a father of four, husband. I've got bills, mortgage, car notes. Yep. $500 ain't just, you know. So I came to my parents, said, hey, I want to go back to school, but I need $500 to get in. And that was the only time my father asked for his checkbook 
and signed his name to a blank check. And I was stunned because I could have filled out any amount that I wanted to. Right. You know, but, and he never questioned it. He just, okay, here. You want to go back to school? Here you go. All right. Needless to say, I put pay to the order of Windy City Pro Wrestling, $500, you know, Mm-hmm. And and that was the that was it, you know, but they had no clue what school I was going to. But eventually, I realized that the check is gonna come back, and it's gonna say Windy City Pro Wrestling. Right, right. So before the check comes back, I need to kind of kind of tell them what's going on, so they didn't freak out. Uh, so, um, I told them, um, they didn't seem too happy at first, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, God rest his soul. Uh, my father became, uh, my biggest supporter and fan until, uh, until he passed away. So, uh, my mama ain't crazy about it at all. So she just mm-hmm. think I'm crazy, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, that's, that's a great story. I was going to ask how they found, eventually they found out and stuff, but I just, I liked how you weave that in. So that was pretty, pretty good and stuff. So, so that's really nice that, um, and I think that goes to show like, you know, you know, a lot of times with our parents and stuff, they may not always approve, you know, or like the things that we do, you know, and I can say the same thing about my, um, my, my mom and my dad, uh, and stuff and you know but they didn't I didn't always you know do the right thing or like you know something maybe that they wanted me to do but no matter what I did it was always nice to know that like I had their support so it's always great when I hear something similar you know for someone else yeah I mean like I you know the the funny part is after I told them it was like I said they really didn't react and it wasn't until my first match Mm -hmm. um and I get in the ring, it's a battle royal, and I'm the last rookie standing amongst all these uh, vets. How many people were in the battle royal? Uh, that particular one at least had to be like 30. Wow. You know, uh, so I was proud that I was, you know, the last rookie standing amongst these guys that had been in here, you know, forever mm-hmm. to me. And so almost as a rite of passage, uh, we had a manager by the name of Psycho. And Psycho would uh, carry what he would call a Psycho stick. So it was either a, uh, a large black stick or a kendo stick. Okay. And at this time, he was carrying the kendo stick. So his way of blessing you into the business is he would crack you over the back. Um, so I knew, so I get thrown over, you know, finally. And I drape myself over the guardrail because I know it's coming. But I'm, you know, to me, if this is my rite of passage, then 
I'm willing to accept it. Okay. So he waxed me with everything he has, and I take it. And my father is like probably in the third row. And at this time, he's walking with a cane. And he gets up from the third row, trying <laughs> to make his way to the front to swing his cane at at uh, Psycho and at the uh, as my now ex-wife um, grab him like you know because he was screaming you don't hit my son like that right he was and going into dad mode right he, he he went into dad mode and I felt like so like any pain I felt at that point was instantly gone because mm -hmm. I felt more joy that here's my father willing to try to protect me more than anything you know and it was like okay um so my mother did that at another show um which i think after those two instant instances she kind of like just got numb to it all and it, mm -hmm. you know unless you know i come home you know with a broken bone or you know i got blood squirting down my face she don't care so you wow. know it, it's, it's just what i do now <laughs> so now are, are you do do you uh do you are you you're full well obviously you're not working now because of covid and stuff but in before covid were you a full-time wrestler or did you have a day job as well Oh, I'm a teacher. I'm an educator by day. Okay, what uh, what Special uh, education? What's that? I'm sorry. Special education. Good 18, for you. Eighteen to twenty-two year olds. So, uh, uh, and that's the crazy part. My students love it. So, I uh, I started a program uh, seven eight years ago called Pop, uh, positive outreach program. Mm hmm. Uh, we were seen on CNN, uh, Chicagoland, um, in episode nine. Okay. Uh, at that time I was with a company called Resistance. We, uh, went to Hubbard, uh, high school, mm -hmm. uh, and were interviewed by CNN. Um, and I've just kept it alive. We go uh, to different schools and either we'll talk to the young people or we'll put on a show. And actually, ever since I started, my my principal, you know, God, I don't think it would have happened without him. You know, he was the one that let us, we were the first, my school was the first one where we came in and we talked to the entire school. And then he was like, that was so great. Next time you guys should come and wrestle. Mm -hmm. We've wrestled every year since. Wow. Every year in front of my students. So um, uh, we didn't do it last year, of course, because that's when the pandemic happened or started. Um, so, um, so that's what I do. Yeah, I do it during the day, or as they say, and at night, you know, I'm the crazy man in the red outfit. <laughs> so how diff? So how different is um, C uh, is C Red from 
you know, your real, uh, your, your true self. From Sean, say it, say it, yeah. did it. I didn't know if you wanted me to go, you know, and stuff. So, Man, okay, I'll go. Please. Let me let me re-ask you this: How different is C Red from Sean Young? Uh, I would say two different people. Now, <laughs> if you ask my wife, <laughs> the same. <laughs> um, but I, I, I mean, I believe any character um if you believe in it mm-hmm. uh is an extension of yourself uh and over the past 18 years c red has grown um into um he's morphed into he's always been some part of me mm-hmm. um some deep dark secret i guess or something <laughs> um but now uh he he he's just my my evil twin brother i would say you know we're the, we're but you know we're we're one you know i just and sometimes it's hard to um you know i'll be out uh i'd be at work and i've got uh two coworkers that uh i help uh get jobs, you know, mm-hmm. and we'll instantly go into wrestling mode, you know, we'll start chopping each other, you know, <laughs> in the building, you know, staff are like, what are you doing? You know, hey, you know, it's what we do, you know, so, um, but I try to keep them separate uh, as far as, because I know one is a character, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, you ask other people, Sometimes those lines are blurred. Right. So I don't know. I try <laughs> to keep them separate. So, so. So, you, so you mentioned, you know, Windy City Pro and Resistance Pro Wrestling as well. Um, what was, did you have? Did you work for any other uh, companies? Oh yes. Don't begin me the line. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, most notably, uh, again. Uh, Windy City Pro Wrestling, uh, Elite Pro Wrestling, which spawned us to become a fan favorite in Philadelphia with Shakara mm-hmm. uh, Pro Wrestling, uh, uh, The Soul Touches, uh, Willie the Bomb Richardson, Acid Jazz, Marche Rocket, Trauma, Diamond. Um, yeah, we became a, a stable out. Uh, a stable and a force out there. Uh, AIW in Cleveland, uh, uh, back here in Chicago, uh, Chicago Championship Wrestling, uh, Chicago Style Wrestling, Southland Wrestling. You pretty much I've wrestled everywhere in Chicago. Gotcha. All right. So you mentioned um, Chikara, and that you said that was based in Philadelphia, correct? Yes, sir. Did you uh, did you ever get? Did they ever run any shows in the old ECW arena? Yeah, that's actually where. Yeah, that's where they used to run out of. Okay. Um, and um, dude, that's an experience on its own. Uh, I'll never forget um, the first time we were invited, and you know, so you you get 
you get to the building and mm. you're just in awe because you're at the building. And then you go in the building. Right. And then you see the banners on the wall, you know, uh, and you realize that this is the house that ECW built, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, I'm going to be honest. We're working for a company and nobody knows us. Like, we're just some guys from Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, how is this going to, you know, when when you see e- old ECW footage and you see how rowdy that crowd is. Oh, my God. I used to, I used to watch it Saturday nights at midnight on, like, public access TV. And just, my God, you're right on those crowds. D- dude, that's, that's, that's legit. Oh, yeah. That's legit. So, understand, coming from, and I take nothing away from Chicago crowds, because at times they can be, but for the most part, you know, they, they'll, you know, they'll yay when they're supposed to, they'll boo when they're supposed to, right. you know, but that's it. But these people are totally insane. Mm-hmm. And it's good, but if they don't like you, it can be nope. bad. As I say, they don't like you, they'll let you know. And we were shocked. Um, it was a three-day tournament. Um, the first night, which was a Friday, we won. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went back Saturday. We lost in the next round. But that's when that's when the that's when things got different. Because mm-hmm. the first night, I want to say it was like seven, seven hundred and fifty people in the crowd. Okay. The next night, it was over a thousand on Saturday. And even though we lost, to have a thousand people plus stand on their feet and all chant, please come back, please come back. You know, and if people don't believe me, you can go on YouTube, find the footage. It's out there. I'm gonna take your word for it, my man. Um, no, I'm just saying. But to to feel that, like, God, I can only imagine. You, you 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 like us that much? You want us to come back? Mm-hmm. Like, wow! Like, okay, this is surreal. You know, and then. The next day, we, um, Marche and Willie wound up wrestling a tag team gauntlet. Uh, mm-hmm. We won the first one and then lost to the Young Bucks, believe it or not. Oh, uh, wow. Uh, so, but, yeah, I mean, so every time we went to Philly, you know, and that was just there. You know, with Chicago, we were able to go to, again, Baltimore, New York, and uh, New Jersey, and, and places like that because of them and our popularity with the company. So, um, but it's nothing like stepping into that arena and knowing that, you know, for if, if you really like wrestling, I'll say that. 
Right. It's it's sacred ground. It's sacred. Oh, absolutely. You know? So, you know, so for us to get that chant in that building, you know, will forever, you know, mean something uh to us, you know. Right. And you know, we also work for a Japanese company called Dragon Gate USA. Yep, heard of them. Um, yeah. So, um I've been doing this and pretty much, yeah. Yeah, you've been you've been to a lot of places. So, kind of mentioned with the whole, uh, you know, being in the ECW arena and, and all that. So, um, obviously, you know, you at some point, you know, in your formative years, you you know watched ECW. I'm assuming, correct? Oh, of course, I was a huge uh, tape trader. Okay, which is which is crazy because I didn't trade tapes. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at that time. I worked downtown as a delivery driver okay um and there was a newsstand believe it or not those used to exist <laughs> yeah i know and, uh, people you know kids nowadays be like what's a newsstand right you know have no clue nope and uh i became friends with the guy that owned it because i would go by there just looking for magazines like what new magazine was out because I was a huge collector. So anything wrestling I had to have. Right. So, you know, he was like, oh, I don't have any, you know, no new magazines this week. And then we just started a friendship. And then he, he, one day he was like, Hey man, you watch ECW. I said, I've never saw it. I mean, I read about it in the magazines, but I've never saw it. He was like, dude, I got this tape. If you promise to bring it back tomorrow, I'll let you borrow it tonight. Okay. Instantly fell in love with it. You know, so every time, you know, I would bring him, I bring his tape back. He was like, I got another one for you. Here you go. <laughs> so like he was my way of keeping up with what was going on in ECW. You know, I don't know how he got his hands on it, you know, but he got footage, you know, of shows. You know, so it was like, oh, yeah. So when they went pay-per-view, it was over with, you know. It was right. like, yes. So so who are your, some of your uh, favorites in ECW? I was, of course, the gangsters. Yeah. But my love for the gangsters started in Smoky Mountain. Yes, I remember. That's how I first got introduced to the gangsters. So, um. I won't, you know, so I was kind of seeing how that was going to play out, you know. Um, but uh, so, of course, the gangsters. I loved the triple threat. Mm-hmm. It, here's the thing. I loved everybody except my hero, Taz. They tell you never meet your heroes. So in yeah, Chicago, remember ECW first ran at the Odeon. Yep. So the day before, they did a, a fan fest. Okay. So I was at the fan fest. Uh, a friend of mine um, uh, owned a comic book shop and was like, hey, we're going to close the shop today. We're going to go to fan fest. Okay, great. Cool. So we went. Uh, I met Jazz. I met Francine. I'm, 
I met so many cool people. And that's in the business and outside the business in Chicago and outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Taz was scheduled to be there because he was the champ. Taz did not show, Taz showed up literally two minutes before everything was over with. Oh, wow. And I thought that was such, I can't cuss on your show, can I? No, go for it, man. That was a dick move. Like, I was disappointed. Like, dude, you are the champ. You're supposed to come out in, and maybe that's just me. And maybe that's why I never turn any fan away. Right. Any fan. Because I know that feeling that day. You know, it's like, dude, to all, to everybody that's in this vest of you, we're waiting to see you. You're the man right now. You're holding the title. And you can't come out and, you know, I understand you might not want to take pictures. You know, I get that, you know, but sign an autograph, you know, whatever, say hello, you know, but to to know that you're coming out for the last two minutes and then decide, oh, okay, well, it's over with now, so I'm gone. It's like, dude, even New Jack didn't do that, okay? It's like, dude, so, you know, yeah, like, I was, my spirit was crushed that day, like, you know, but before that, you know, Taz was, was my guy. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. It's just, it, you know, and one of the things that I've really liked about doing this podcast is, you know, getting to hear these stories and getting to know the men behind these characters and stuff. And, um, and when I went to the, first uh, CCW show back in October, you know, and stuff like before the show started and everything, I talked to a few of the guys, you know, that I've had on my show. Like I had, uh, you know, Jackson P. Larkin, Garrison Creed, um, you know, I even had John Bullard on and stuff, you know, and every, the one thing that, you know, was just really just great about it was that, you know, once I introduced myself, like, oh yeah, you know, thank you so much for having me on your show and just having that sincere appreciation, you know, really validated, you know, and it just, and one of the things I told a friend of mine that I was uh, sitting with at that show was, it's just, I said, every single person that I interacted with, you know, you know, wrestler wise, John and all that, you guys all made me feel so welcome and so much like I was a part of the, you know, the, the company and that, and, you know, and I remember telling John after a few days after the show, I said, you know what, whatever you need for me to help you guys, you know, to promote whatever, to help you guys get your name out there even more. I said, I'm all in. So I definitely appreciate the way you guys have all been to me. And again, and real quick story, I kind of want to share with you was, um, much like you, I like going to the conventions and things like that to meet the wrestlers. And uh, I went, um, actually it was my wife got me for, I believe it was our one year anniversary. She bought me a, a VIP pass for Wizard World where I got to meet uh, Paige and then also my favorite guy at the time, Bray Wyatt. Um, you know, Bray Wyatt, I forgot how late he was, but he had some major flight issues. I think he was supposed to be there at like three or something. He didn't get in till like seven, eight o'clock. It was like, he was like really late, but I kid you not. When he finally showed up, he ran up and down the aisles waiting for everybody was waiting for him, you know, high five and shaking hands and stuff. And I mean, man, he stayed from what I heard, he stayed and made sure everybody that paid to see him got to see him. So just, that's one story 
I, yeah, that, but, see, I that's the, but that's what it's about, man. Exactly. I mean, you know, under people, you know, I think a lot of time, a lot of guys let their ego take control, you know, and no way am I comparing myself to either Taz or Bray Wyatt. Right. I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just little C red and my little pond. Right. Of this wrestling world. But I would, like I said, I never want anybody to feel that way I felt that day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as far as uh, you come in and, you know, you came to the show, dude, it, it, it's how you presented yourself and it's how you carried yourself. I think that's what got over with the boys. Um, if I can say the boys. Um, I, pre- I, pre- I, I, re- I appreciate you saying what you're saying. This this is actually. I mean, dude, it, I mean, it's, but it's the truth. I mean, I've had, I've never turned the interview down, but I've had some people where they've been almost to the point of obnoxious or like you really didn't want to do it, you know, like because of how they asked you. Mm hmm. You know, and, you know, when you came to me and Miles, it was the way you came to us, you know, and it was like, okay, like, of course, dude. Yeah, sure. Where, when, how, you know, <laughs> I mean, when when you approach somebody and you make them comfortable, you know, and that's how, that's what we received from you. At least I can speak for myself. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for Miles, but, you know. I didn't have a problem with it, you know, but I know a ton of people, you know, again, they, they've been pushy or, you know, or they'll lie. Let's just be honest. Right. You know, so I've had that happen, you know, and, you know, so I thank you, you know, for the way, you know, not only approached me and miles, but the rest of the boys and John, I mean, again, and, Clearly, you know what you're doing, you know, so no issues. <laughs> well, again, I, again, I really appreciate you saying that, you know, because then again, it's so, hearing stuff like that from you guys that really keeps driving me to do this podcast, you know, because like I said, you know, one of the reasons and a lot of times I, I tell, you know, the people I have on this and stuff is like, one of the reasons why I decided to do this is because, you know, again, we go back to this whole thing about COVID and stuff, you know, and you guys, most, most, you know, independent wrestlers not really getting a chance to work unless you get a show here or there. Again, a wrestler, you know, unless you're signed to like, you know, any of the major companies and stuff, you're not working. You're not getting your voice out. You're not getting yourself out there. You're not able to sell your merch. You're not able to plug yourself. You know, you're not able to get yourself over. And I took this, I, I decided to do this podcast because I wanted to give you guys an outlet to do that. And from hearing from what you just told me to some of the, what uh, some of the other wrestlers have said, had said to me at the show and stuff like that. It just, it totally validates me doing this. And it's just, again, I try to comport myself, you know, because again, I, you know, I've been a wrestling fan for about 30 years now. Um, I started watching, I was 10 years old. I'm 40 now. Um, I, you know, I, um, back then when I started watching, you know, I thought guys like the undertaker, you know, were real and, you know, you know, Hulk Hogan, Hogan 
and stuff, you know, but once I kind of understood, you know, how the business worked and everything and I, that I really started appreciating it and stuff. And I just, I try to be as respectful because it's, it's no different than, you know, again, I deliver packages for Amazon. So it's no different than, you know, me walking up and someone being there saying, Hey, thank you for what you do. You know, that's, just, you know, I do try to, I try to be as respectful of people who are just doing, who are doing their job as I would want someone to be respectful for me to me when I do my job. Man, but see, I can tell right now, DD, that you the type of guy that if I order something and you bring it into my door, you're not going to throw it. And see, I, I, I can see that. And I'm telling you right now, I, I appreciate you, man. Because if it's a couple that if I ever see them again, they're going to have a hard time going home because I'm, I'm going to tear them up. Because I've had packages thrown. So, anyway, we got off subject. But, yes, man, I appreciate you so much. I really do. I, well, again, I really appreciate you saying what you said, too. And my whole thing is, is, and this is a product of how I was raised by my mom and my dad. I lost my dad about a year and a half ago. And, you know, but my mom still continues to try to, you know, my dad's one thing. They kept me. They always kept me humble. They always taught me, you know, you treat people the way you would want to be treated. And that's one thing that stuck with me. And that is the one thing that my wife and I, we try to, we try, we're trying to teach, you know, instill those values that we had instilled in us into him, you know, because we want him to, you know, grow up, you know, respecting people, you know, respecting his elders, you know, and stuff like that. And it's just, yeah, so. I try. I just. I'm just trying to do uh, uphold. You know the values that my mom and dad gave me. So, well, you, you got great parents, and clearly they did a good job because look who that son is. <laughs> well, once again, I can say the same thing. No, yeah. that's just me being boastful. That's nah, hey, that's all right, man. Uh, and that's so. So okay, so. Usually now I get to, I'm at the point now where can most of the guys I've had on my show, you know, are part of Chicagoland championship wrestling. And I always like to ask them how they get, you know, how you get, how they got into contact with John Bullard. So I'm going to pose that question to you. How did you get into contact with John Bullard? I worked with John in another company called Ileana pro wrestling. Okay. Um, and John was um, wrestling at the time. Um, believe it or not. And John came to me and said, I'm thinking about starting this company up called Chicagoland Championship Wrestling. I said, I'm in. That's it. Mm. It it, it didn't, like, you ain't got to twist my arm. You don't have, like, we didn't talk money. We didn't, no, nothing. I was like, you you starting? I'm in. We're in. The group is in. Right. Plain and simple. I mean, and I think that came with the simple fact. If if well, you've talked to John. Oh why yeah. Am talking, why am I talking to you like you haven't talked? No, to I please. I want to. I want to hear your. No, I'm saying if you've talked to John mm-hmm. and you listen. And hear his passion and his love. Mm -hmm. You know, see, there there are are people that start companies and you talk to them and you try to figure out a conversation what their goals are and you know what are they trying to do and and 
most of those companies I have to look at as a business arrangement. Plain and simple. Right. Like, what time is work? How much am I making? And when do I need to be here? That's it. Mm-hmm. Because there's no passion. There's no, you know. It's more like a job, basically. Right. I mean, you know, and I work that Monday through Friday. Right. You know, and you talk to John and you talk to his wife. Mm-hmm. The the passion that comes out of them. And it was like, dude, how can I not work for you? Right. And again, I think I was one of the first ones that, you know, the ARC, I should say, were the first ones on board, you know, mm-hmm. um, no questions asked. It was like, dude, we're there. Awesome. Just tell us when, you know, but uh, I think, again, it, it, it it's because John has a love and a passion but he also understand what's needed. Mm-hmm. If, if you understand what I'm saying, I get. I see. I see where you're going. You, you were there, so you know. Most, you know, think about think about it this way. You were there, and even during this pandemic, mm-hmm. John took every precaution. Yes, he did. That he could that was allowed not only for you guys, but for us, like for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I, I told John this during his interview. I've heard so many promoters working over 18 years. Oh, we've sold out. Okay. And then you get there and the front row is empty. Well, to me, you didn't sell out. Nope. You know, uh, ain't no butts in the seats. And the first thing, I mean, me and John already have a great relationship. And it's funny because now everybody calls me Uncle Red. (laughs) Don't you do it. No, sir. I'm still sticking with (laughs) C-Red. No, I mean, it's fine. I mean, I'm becoming used to everybody's being uncle. Anyway, I'm that favorite uncle that you don't invite over to Thanksgiving because you know I'll tear it up. Um, (laughs) But so we've already got that relationship, but I was in awe when he said, it's getting ready to rain. I need to open the doors now. Mm -hmm. What? I've never heard a promoter say that. Doors didn't open till what? Doors was supposed to open at six. Six? Yes. He opened the doors at five thirty. Yeah, I remember. Five fifteen. Mm-hmm. Because it was getting ready to rain. Mm-hmm. What? Huh? <laughs> Who does that? Like, are you? I was impressed. Yeah. Because again, most people wouldn't have done that, you know, and that just showed me the character of the man. Yeah. Well, one of the things he cared about his fans. Yeah, he does. Because one of the things too was, as I remember, I, I, it was about, it took me about two hours to get to the show because I'm, I live in South Elgin, Illinois, so it said it was about two hour drive to get there, and 
I met up with a friend of mine. Uh, we sat together and stuff, and we got there, and we were waiting in line, and we saw John come out, you know, and he came over, you know, there was a few people out there, and, you know, he came over to me, and then he came over to my friend Brad, who does a lot of, you know, interviews with his guys as well, too. Um, and, you know, he thanked us, you know, he's like, you know, I really appreciate everything you're doing for us. I mean, it's like, and then he went out of his way. And then the one thing I'll never forget was like, when we got in, he personally like took us to our seats, you know, and that. So, and I saw him do that a lot, like with people. Dude, he did that to almost everybody. Yep. And I'm yep. like, I'm the curtain and I'm looking and I'm like, this dude is hand walking folks. Like, if anybody, first of all, if any of your listeners are listening, the next show is in April. Forgive me, God, I don't remember the date. I want April seventeenth. April seventeenth. There we go. Yeah. Get get your tickets now, and you know why I'm saying that because you will get a letter, not just some tickets. Mm -hmm. He will send you a letter from him thanking you. And he will walk you to your seat too. Yep. Ain't that like mind blowing? Like what? It's it's just unreal. I mean, says, thank you. Yeah, and it's just unreal because again, like I said, I've gone to a lot of shows over the years. You know, I just I went you know went to a lot of independent shows over the years and things like that. You know, this was probably my the seat the October show was like my I think my second show that I been lucky enough to go to since the pandemic started and like I said in all the years I've been going to shows like I said I'd never been treated that that nicely as I was that night by John and I told again John I said it's like you know what whatever I can do to help you out you know name it and stuff and that so dude John Bullard is is one of a kind and yes. you know so he makes it a a matter of fact it's it's funny I had sent him uh a message uh, right before uh, we started and um, about a video I sent him and, and he was like, oh, Uncle Red, don't worry about it. You know, we'll, <laughs> we'll make it work. And, you know, and it was like, you know, when I, when I have to work for somebody like that, that makes me want to work even harder. Yep. You, you know, like I, like my principal, you know, I love my principal to death. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people think, you know, oh, you're a kiss butt. And I'm not. But my thing is, when you make my job easier, you make me want to work for you 10 times harder. Absolutely. Do whatever I can, you know, and that's my, you know, um, we were talking about uh, Chikara, you know. Mm-hmm. And while, you know, some people disliked Chikara and some people liked it and some people loved it, I personally uh, love the owner of Chikara, uh, Mike Quackenbush, for the mm-hmm. simple fact, dude, if you ever wanted somebody to give you a motivation speech, oh my God, <laughs> we would get a, we would, you know, we have a, a, a locker room meeting, say the show started at seven. The meeting would be at three, and oh my God, his meeting, you know, would last probably about a good half hour. But when that half hour was up, you were ready right there. 
You didn't care if no fans were in the building. You was ready to go get dressed, go to the rain. You was ready to do your you we were pumped. Right. Like you you almost lost something in that four hour before the <laughs> show started because he would get you there, you know, and that's how I feel with John. Like John's laid backness, you know, makes me want to do whatever I can to see Chicago Land Championship Wrestling succeed, you know. Right. So Yeah, you and I are in the same boat there, because again, like I said, you guys have all like I said, I can't tell you just again, I'll and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. I mean, everybody there made me feel like I was part of the crew and stuff. And it's just, that's the kind of stuff that I'll never forget, you know, and hopefully when things, you know, the pandemic subsides and, you know, we can start going back to more normal shows, you know, I can bring my, bring my son, you know, my wife, you know, just to see, so they can see what I see in that. So a um, couple more questions and then we'll call it a night here. Um, do you watch the, do you want, do you follow any of the organizations now like WWE, uh, AEW impact? And if so, who do you, who are some of your favorites right now? Of course, I'm still a fan at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I watch AEW faithfully. Yes. Unless I'm doing my own show like I have to do tomorrow, which I'm not happy about. They know how I feel about working on my Wednesdays. Right. Um, but um, so I watch AEW. Uh, fan favorites, I'm, I'm just a fan. You know, right. if it's good wrestling, uh, key word wrestling, people. Right. Um, so here it is. If you have to pick right now, it's SmackDown, it's AEW, then it's Raw. Uh, for me, mm-hmm. um, one, um, SmackDown because I'm loving. This whole storyline with Roman Reigns. Me too. Um, I I don't think they've written anything like that in God knows when. Uh, so I'm loving it. Uh, I wasn't too crazy about it at first Friday. I'm like, mm, okay, but I I I take it. Right. And you know, so I'm waiting to see what they do this Friday. Yeah. Um, AEW again. Um. I, I'm I love AEW for the simple fact it gave a bunch of my friends opportunities during this pandemic to be seen. Right. You know, they they took a chance on people, you know, people whether they were on the indies or lesser known companies, and they brought them in and they were seen. And I love that. Uh a good friend of mine is Should D. And most people know him as Pineapple Pete. Yes, yes, and he got over. He, dude, did he not? All because of Jericho. Yep. And Jericho even, uh, so now Suge is now on the Jericho cruise that's coming up mm-hmm. next year. Like, right. really? All these other names and you're picking Pineapple Pete to be on there too? <laughs> wow. Yeah. You've done something right, my friend. And then the crazy part is once his time with AEW was over with, he appeared on vignettes for yep. uh, Bianca Belair 
and he did the the Fight Club thing. The Raw Underground. Yeah, I yeah, thought I remember yeah. seeing him on there once or something. Yeah, he was on there at least twice. So right. it was like, okay. Uh, but that's what I, you know, I think, you know, I look at AEW as it's wrestlers that want to see other wrestlers, if that makes sense. That makes actually a lot of sense because I get – I get that because it just seems like you know they're they're all more you know about like you know the team and you know every they want everybody to do well right so you know i so not one particular person in aew uh again i watch it just the pure excitement of watching wrestling uh i've got history with mox uh wow yeah so me uh moxley started of course, in Ohio, but he came here uh, when we worked in elite pro wrestling. And the guys that were doing the booking, uh, Vito Tomaselli and Ben Jordan, brought mm-hmm. him in, and they saw what we now see today. Right. But we all saw it then. Yeah. Like he was cutting those type of promos then, and I honestly thought. John was crazy as hell because <laughs> he cut this one promo about his mama and I like you really don't like your mama do you okay I mean he made it that believable right and you know so um and then raw raw is raw it's three hours promos whatever uh mm-hmm. I'm loving I'm probably the only person that loves retribution and I only love Retribution because of my guy, uh, Ali. Uh, right. We've got a lot of history together. Yeah. Um, we worked uh, downstate. Uh, I managed Ali uh, in Dreamwave. Um, so, uh, in other places, a couple of other places too. But um, I love him to death. Uh, and I've got a few other people in, mm-hmm. in in E that uh, I've I've known, and and that's my thing. You know, when I started in this business, I already started at thirty. Mm-hmm. So I already knew I would never get that call uh, from Vince. You know, uh, hey, I need you to come up here. And, and no, I knew I wouldn't get that call. Um. But when I see my friends get that call and I can see my friends on TV, when my friends have T-shirts and they have action figures, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I am I am so happy. And it ain't, you know, like for me, there's not a jealous bone in my body. Um, you met Marche from the last show. No, actually, I didn't get a chance to get over and talk to him, but I'm hoping to uh... – yeah, at the next one to make it a point to get over to talk to him. So Marche again is part of the Soul Touchers who we did the Chikara thing with. So me and Marche came into business pretty much back to back. Marche started before me, and then I came after him, and like we were inseparable mm-hmm. uh, all the way up until the time he got signed with Impact. Right. Um. And you know when he got signed, I was, I cried. You know, and, you know, 
I had one person say, you know, I'm doing all like I'm I was doing too much, you know, and it was like, no, my friend just made his dream a reality. Right. And that's my thing. I want to see all of the people that I know succeed. You know, all the young people that are under me that I, I give words of encouragement to or, or wisdom to, I want to see people succeed. I don't want to see anybody fail. You know, but the realization is everybody ain't going to make it to the big dance. Right. But if you get in the dance, I am your biggest cheerleader because I want to see people live their dream, provide for their family. You know, I know nobody's going to get the Hogan and Nash contracts anymore. Right. But hey, if they can't, if they can get that money, get that money. Exactly. And, and, and live as well as you can and enjoy this life. Right. You know, so um again so those are i mean i do watch those three but um yeah i try to i don't i can't i ain't i can't say i can't watch uh tna uh but tna hasn't been the same for me uh <laughs> i haven't watched tna since marshay left that's the crazy part i've not watched it since he left well, I'll, I'll tell you right now, if you can get a chance to watch, you should. I actually, right before we started recording, I just finished uh, up their most recent episode. And they, they I, I, I really think they're like the best organization that nobody's watching right now. And that's the okay. Now, I'm, I'm off tomorrow. So, now, if I watch this episode and I, I, I feel like I wasted some time, I'm coming back, and me and you gonna have some words. We'll have some words, man. I I, <laughs> I look forward to it. I just I I, I will I, I just offer my you know my insights and be like, hey, you know, if you like, because a lot of people, you know, still you know, like I I want them to give impact a chance because I I really been a fan of what they've been doing. So I just throwing it out there. If you, okay. if you don't like it, you know what? Come back and have them words with me. I'll be more than happy to talk with you. About it. <laughs> Okay. All right. So one more question here, and then I'll let you get into some, uh, you know, you know, promote promotion type stuff. So you mentioned, you know, obviously being a, you know, a special education teacher and then, you know, the whole thing with COVID going on, what kind of challenges has COVID presented to you as a, as a teacher? Man, you do not have enough time (laughs) to ask that question. I'm just being honest no i understand my wife's a school bus driver so you do not understand the biggest challenge i mean here's the thing and i was talking i was actually i was just talking this uh the other day or yesterday to co-workers we get to peek into our 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 kids life Mm -hmm. their home life i should say um and again, I deal with special ed. So that brings its own challenges. Um, and, you know, we all want to have that, you know, uh, rose-colored glasses on, thinking right. everything is, is hunky-dory for our kids. And it's not, you know... Um, 
And sometimes, you know, you have to put your personal feelings aside and remember you still have a job to do. Uh, I think one of the, uh, the biggest challenge, and it sounds so petty, but, you know, you've got kids that they're tired, you know, so they're, they're sleeping while you're trying to teach, you know, mm-hmm. and you're trying to keep them engaged, you know, and, and that's the thing. Uh, so my regular class, uh, when we are in session, I should say, I teach a pet store lab. So my classroom is set up to resemble a pet store. Okay. Um, and so my class is constantly moving. Like we never, I don't have a class where we sit down. Uh-huh. You know, we don't sit, you know, because everybody has to have cages cleaned and, and tanks cleaned and fed and watered, uh, you know. So that's a whole day process, you know. So to sit in a chair all day, all day, mm-hmm. you know, is rough, you know. So it's not just hard on them. It's hard on us, you know. Uh, again, I can't speak for any other teachers. Again, if, you know, I'm sure that they're used to their students sitting in front of them while they're teaching, you know, they're sitting at the, my kids don't sit at, they don't sit at the desk. Maybe mm-hmm. 20 minutes, maybe, maybe, you know, so that's rough. Um, you know, then there's times where, you know, kids don't get online, you know, and you got to try to figure out why aren't they online. Right. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I have one kid because of his disability. Um, he has... I'll just say he verbally assaults his his parent. Oh. You know, and you know, you and because of the situation, she had she has to take him to work some days. So, you know, those are the days that I choose not to call on him. You know, because I don't want her to be at work and her job has allowed him to be there and then he blurts out all of this you know so you know we've become more sensitive you know in that sense I mean I have you know uh, again it's, it's it's not this uh, pandemic hasn't been easy and you know the crazy part is January 11th uh, my kids are scheduled to come back Mm-hmm. Uh, but they everybody hasn't, uh, the parents all, of course, have not stated that they're all coming back. So, I mean, I'm cool. Uh, you know, the question will be, though, you know, how do you get a student to sit at a desk all day right. long? 
You can't get up. You can't move. You can't walk. You know, that's going to be the challenge. Right. That that will be harder than teaching on the computer. Yeah. Way harder. So. Yeah. yeah, it's just, uh, I because again, I, I have a five-year-old, so he's in kindergarten, and he's, you know, doing the distance learning, you know, it, it, in a weird way, it works out because my wife being a school bus driver, she's not working either right now. They did go back for about two weeks. Uh, they tried the hybrid model, but with the stuff, everything picking up again, um, this week, they went back to just strictly distance learning. And it's at least till I think it was December 4th, my wife told me, but she seems to think, and I'm probably along the lines with it, that they're probably not going to at least try to go back to the hybrid model till January and stuff. So, but I sat in with my son a couple of times, you know, and make, you know, and stuff while if my wife had an appointment where she had something going on and I didn't have to work, I'd sit in with him to kind of help keep him on track and stuff, you know, and it, it's just, it's I, I've seen what it's you know I can understand what it's like for you but having you know a kid that's in it it's it's tough man so I just to to all the teachers out there and to all the parents who are sticking through you know this for their kids and stuff you know I got nothing but respect for you because you know again it's just Dude, you know nobody I, I applaud you you know yeah. um, you just said you you and your wife sit there with your your son and and help him out right. and I I tell my parents I've got. Four, uh, I can say, mm-hmm. they sit there with their 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 child, their student, and that's not an easy, you know, task. No, they, it's not. You, know, you you have to go in the frame of mind of understanding, you know, that now it's like you're back in school. Yep. You know, and the crazy part is, you have to put whatever you would normally do from say a typical school day, say eight to three, I'm mm-hmm. typical. And, but now you can't because you have to sit there with your child. Yep. So any parent that does that, I tip my hat to, because again, you know, normally say eight to three, you're uh, running around doctor's appointment or uh, grocery shopping or whatever, you know, your day entails uh, cleaning the house, doing the lunch, whatever. But now your life has to be put on hold until yep. your child is finished that day. So now you can do about, you can go about doing what you need to do. So for the parents that sit there with their child, again, I tip my hat off, you know, they are the real heroes, you yep. know, because again, uh, they can honestly just say, you know what? Uh, I want no part of it. And, you know, if the kid is on, he's on. If they're not on, oh, well. So, right. Yeah. It's just, well, it's just, again, it's like, at least I look at, you know, one of the things that I've had, you know, many talks with, like, you know, my mom and my wife and just my friends and stuff. And it's just, I feel like, you know, Again, my son's five. He's in kindergarten. He should be meeting his first best friend. You know, he should be, you know, making friends and things like that. And just because of this, this COVID thing, you know, he's stuck being, and it's just, he didn't ask for this. None of us ask for this, you know, but it's just like, you know, we got to do what we can to, because, you know, we got, you know, our kids need us, you know, we have to be there for them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, you know, I, I'm going to speak for your son and say, thank you, daddy. 
There you go. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, there's like I said, I, there ain't anything in this world I wouldn't do for that kid, you know, because I want to, I want the one thing, and then I'll kind of start wrapping it up here. The one thing I want to say is, is I want to, I hope that I am half as good a dad to my kid as my dad was to me. See, there you go. Then you already, you halfway there, man. Look at you. Don't be father of the year. Oh, uh, man. That uh, you know what? Just being waking up knowing that I've got you know I am my I am, I am my uh, son's father. That's all I need. See, look, look at you, father. Come on, we gonna give you the father of the year award next Father's Day. There you go. I appreciate that. I'm gonna I'm hold you to that. Hey, trust me, I've had it already. <laughs> yeah. All right, my man. So before I let you go here, uh, this is your time. If you got any shows coming up you want to talk about, you know, how people can support. Shows? What's that? What's the show? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we just mentioned it. April. <laughs> yep. April 17th, 2020. It's the day before my birthday. So, you know, I'm going to be there. That's yeah. Awesome. Um, 2021, excuse me. We just passed 2020. So, right. And then uh, May, what is it? Not May. Oh, my God. See, I'm in a whole different month. Uh, <laughs> March 13th. Uh, uh, I will be in Highland, Indiana. And I know people are like, why are you talking so far? Those are the only two shows, ladies and yep. gentlemen, that I have booked at this point. Uh, March 13th uh, in Highland, Indiana, uh, working for C3 Wrestling. Uh, and if you go on Facebook and type in C3, the number three, wrestling uh you'll find out more information as it becomes available and chicago land championship wrestling uh april 17th yes sir um, the arc myself uh miles mercer and uh mr larkin as i refer to him uh will be in a six-man tag team match uh taking on uh that little skinny dude and his girlfriend and then some dude that looked like he wanted to be in retribution but got kicked out. <laughs> you know, I think he was one of them. Because remember how retribution was like 40 people and now it's just like five? Yeah, Technically four. He, well, yeah. But he looked like he got kicked out. So, <laughs> uh, but so that's it. Those are the only two shows right now. So how do you uh, so how can people buy your merch? Buy my merch, ladies and gentlemen. No, uh, please, if you f feel free, to, uh, you can buy my t-shirts or our t-shirts or Soul Touches t-shirts. www.prowrestlingtees.com backslash da d a Soul Touches d a s o u l T O U C H A Z, the soul touches. But if you go to Pro Wrestling Tees, just put in the soul touches or soul touches and it'll pop up. Um, and you can get all our cool um, t shirts. Uh, if you want to buy, uh, I have 8x10s, buttons, mm -hmm. stickers and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, go to uh, young uh, sla uh, slash expressions 
that I can't tell you. How about you just go on my page? Facebook. Sean Young, S-E-A-N-Y-O-U-N-G. All right. And message me. And guys, don't don't forget. I can't even remember my own story. (laughs) That's all right, man. That's all right. Uh, That's what it is. For those of you listening, if you're hearing, if you end up hearing this before uh, to uh, this coming Tuesday, which would be uh, the uh, November thirty or they're thirty one days in November or thirty. Basically, if you're hearing this and it's uh. It's uh, before uh, Tuesday. The uh, Pro Wrestling Tees Black Friday sale will still be going on, so definitely. Thirty. All right. It's only thirty. So it'd be third. So then it would be December first. So if you're hearing this before uh, December first, please go on and uh, you know, like I said, support uh, my man C Red here and his group. Grab yourself a T-shirt and save yourself a little bit of money with the Black Friday sale. Oh, of course, please do twenty percent off. Yep. So. All righty, man. Well, hey, C-Red, dude. It was a blast. Again, I thank you for the kind words earlier. And, uh, oh, no, those were from the thank, heart, man. I, I, I know, and I believe that, man. But I want to thank you for taking the time to do this, man. It was a lot of fun. And uh, Man, please, anytime you, you, you need a guest and can't find nobody, have, honestly, half the time, I'm just here. All right, man. Well, I'm going to have to take you up on that. But if I don't get a chance to talk to you before, and which I doubt, I'm sure I'll be talking with you on Facebook and stuff, but I will definitely be seeing you at the show on April 17th. Most definitely. And to you and your family, happy Thanksgiving. Likewise to you and yours, man. Thank you so much. All right, bro. I want to give a very heartfelt thank you to C-Red for the amazing conversation. And once again, C-Red, thank you so much for the very kind words. I can't tell you how much they mean to me. And uh, yeah, I just loved hearing your story and I hope my audience as well. Uh, You can catch C-Red and the rest of the superstars of Chicagoland Championship Wrestling in action on April 17th, 2020. Tickets are still available. Just go to ChicagolandChampionshipWrestling.com. All of the information for the show should is uh, coming across the screen. Uh, you can also pick up uh, any some merchandise to support C-Red at uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash TheSoulTouches. Uh, information spelling will come across the screen. I believe it's D-A-S-O-U-L-T-O-U-C-H-A-Z. Uh, for uh c red if you're out there man and i and i got it wrong do not hesitate to call me out on it um but thank you so much for listening and i'll see you in another week with a brand new episode of what do you say with ddj